0: For February 26th, 2024, it's the Overthinking It Podcast, Episode 817, The Tom Scott Recommendation Universe. Welcome to Overthinking It, where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve. The Overthinkers are your smart, funny friends from the internet. We're like one side on a quiz team representing our university against the world. It's us against the world. We're on a, <laughs> we're on a game show together and no one else is on the game show and no one knows we're on it and no one is, is, is doing anything. Quick, quick. Quick digression. I have a, I have a close family member who this person is sort of always in a, like a really consequential narrative of their own design. Like, and is, it interacts with people, um, interacts with people as though they are part of the narrative and, and no one knows. No one, no one understands. No one, like, like the hostess at the restaurant doesn't need you to stop, uh, on your way out and say, you know what? we did have a very good meal after all. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And that's, that's like, it's it's like a whole hero's journey at an Apple piece. And, uh, it just, uh, and no one else knows. No one else knows about it. That's what we're like. We're at a, uh, we're at, uh, we're, we're, we're on a game show, um, you know, and and because we uh I guess because we all went to college together, it's it's some sort of some sort of university challenge. I'm I'm uh captaining this team. I'm Matt Rather. I'm I'm here with my my teammates, uh Pete Fenzel. Hello, Pete. Pete, what uh, special knowledge do you bring to the team? Oh uh
1: well, I'm studying for my uh doc Phil in in letters and my <laughs> uh Phil Doc in numbers. <laughs>
0: Nice, and uh, and we—it uh, sounds like Sesame Street. <laughs> yes. like,
1: right. uh, I, I yes. have been watching a little bit of Sesame Street lately, so yes. the influence is there. Yeah, indeed. Right.
0: And today's topic, today's first topic, will be the letters A, B, C, and the number six. Uh, and we have Mark Lee. Mark Lee, what uh, what area of uh, esoteric area of knowledge do you represent tonight?
2: I mean, when when I was on Quiz Bowl back in middle school and high school, what? it would have been, you know, things like, uh, "You're shocked," yes, I know you're so surprised, right? It probably would have been like, you know, U.S. presidents and capitals of uh, American states. But this being a British game show, I think uh, um, I am uh, just sol here.
0: You know, I I want to sorry another another little digression because because why not I feel like it's going to be that sort of episode. <laughs> I, I just want to I just want to to shout out Garrett Nichols, uh, my elementary school classmate Garrett Nichols. Um, you know, I was a, a sort of a bookish kid. I was a smart kid. I expect uh, you two were the same. But in third grade, Garrett Nichols crushed me in world capitals and crushed me in times tables. I never like he did all the numbers two through 12 of his, you know, times table quizzes They he was doing like extracurricular enrichment worksheets. Okay. This guy was so good, uh, you know, that they, they actually like had to invent, um, Invent worksheets to, uh, to give him Garrett, Garrett Nichols. Not that, not that I hold a grudge. Not that I, you know, take my feelings of inferiority and nurse them for 35 years. Uh, no, that, that would be, that would be unhealthy. But you know, you just sometimes you always remember, uh, the ones that you get wrong, right? You always remember the, uh, you always remember the ones that you are, um, I don't know that, that, that just stay with you. Like those, those, those little victories. They say, like, if you're in the spelling bee, you always for, you always know for the rest of your life the word that disqualified you. Uh, right. And I think that, like, if you're on a quiz show, you always know the one, uh, the one that you get wrong, you know, that, that, like, uh, that knocked you out or lost you some points. We, um, we lost, uh, uh, we, we, something, something happened, uh, recently on a, on a quiz show. And I think we want to, uh, we want to uh, uh, talk about it. Pete, uh, you, you like British game shows. What happened uh, on <laughs> University Challenge? And you say, hey, you do, you like British. that's not like, I love it, I'm, not, game shows. I'm not saying that, that wasn't like a weird thing. That's not like me gaslighting the audience. You turned me on to only connect, which is now my, my, you know, uh, probably like favorite 28 minutes on, uh, on YouTube. And, uh, yeah. And, and University Challenge also the brutally, brutally difficult uh mm-hmm. British kind of knowledge, general knowledge quiz show, where uh, different different universities field the team and send them send them into uh, into a tournament. But what what happened, Pete? What happened to occasion our conversation tonight?
1: Sure. Well, you know what? Before I go into it, I will take a chance for one digression because I do want to shout out uh, my my first love among British game shows, which is Eight and a, eight and a Half cats does countdown. Uh, which i don't know if we've talked about that on the podcast that's
2: a real that's a real show that sounds like uh if i asked ChatGPT for a parody of a british game show title oh yeah Ah,
1: no no ah, ah. so so (laughs) it's because it's a it's a spinoff well it's a crossover it came out of a crossover episode uh from another show from two different game shows so okay so in in britain of course you have game shows and you have panel shows you're familiar with panel shows from npr right a panel show is sort of a game show where the contestants are sort of celebrities or are entertainers of some sort and so they're not really yeah. playing for a part for prizes don't tell me yeah yeah exactly stuff like that there might be a prize involved but not necessarily that sort of thing so uh what eight and a half cats eight and a half cats is a panel show run by jimmy carr and his use his sort of uh cast of comedian friends Where they talk about, I think it was in advertising slogans. It's supposed to be like eight and a half cats prefer whiskers is what it's in reference to, right? Like this many dentists prefer this kind of toothpaste. And they would talk about news headlines and stuff. I didn't really watch that show. Um, But Countdown is a very old British game show that's also like a math show where people would be challenged to either do arithmetic or uh, spell anagrams. Uh, in, in, uh, or find find like sort of word search anagrams within a uh, jumbled group of nine words, like within 30 seconds, right? There's a giant clock that would tick down over 30 seconds. And, 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 and I just would, I have a lot of very fond memories of watching the show. And so they did a crossover for charity one year where they were crossing over a bunch of different shows. Um, and I think this was on channel four. I'm not sure. And, uh, and they, they put the people from eight and a half cats, the humorous news criticism panel show on countdown to do math and to do spelling. Uh, And it turned out to be hilarious. Uh, One of the real kind of permanent stars of it was the comedian Sean Locke, who sadly passed away a couple years ago. So I have not gone back to really watch it as much since. Um, But it's featured a lot of people that uh, you might or may not have recognized at one point or another, uh, which I won't, I won't really go into because it's not what this episode is about. The point being that like we had a whole thing where we would watch uh to one of the math things in countdown and then when it would come up we would pause it and and my wife and i would each try to do the math in our head and then when we both got a chance to get it then we would like restart the show and that's just sort of like the pace that you let to watch the british game shows at if you really want to take it seriously right if you're if you're streaming it you can like pause think uh come up with an answer proceed with your day it's lovely but we are here to talk about a specific thing in a british game show um which is uh I already posted to the Discord, and I'm super jazzed about this, which is that back in January, the relatively new host of University Challenge, that very staggeringly difficult College Bowl show that they do, a competitive show between different university teams that they do um, uh, in trivia of various sorts, uh, had, a, had a bonus category on electronic music, wherein a, uh, a team from Aberdeen was asked to differentiate um, uh, among— several possible answers uh they, they weren't offered the answers to differentiate between but they were given information um about a particular genre of dance music and it could have been for several different genres depending uh and they they said it was drum and bass but it turned out that the actual answer that they needed was jungle which uh if you want to get super formal with it is a little earlier than what they would call drum and bass But isn't really understood now as like separate from drum and bass, right? Sort of like jungle comes first, drum and bass then emerges later as a blanket category that includes jungle and other things, right? And so like, okay, the the appropriate answer to this question is jungle, and that's not what he said uh, because what he said was much cooler. But the point being that. One of the category uh, one of the categorical truths about drum and bass music or music that is like this and particularly jungle music is it uses sound clips to uh, to play and like repeat and remix in the music uh, to wonderful comedic and dramatic effects such as robots talking about things right like uh or old clips from sci-fi shows that's how strong bad would always say it right you make a techno song you have to have like an old clip from a sci-fi show it's like you know uh the system is down and whatnot um so uh this this back and forth between the contestant and the host where the contestant answers drum and bass and the host says can't accept drum and bass i need jungle i'm afraid uh, no, we we need jungle uh, we afraid. we that's right. we it's so important, important. Yeah. oh, it's so perfect right it's such a perfect little moment we need jungle, I'm afraid has been used to make dozens of jungle tracks right uh which are inspired by and including this clip videos, you know slideshows remixes, you know there's videos of of the awkward dudes on the team kind of nodding their heads and like the woman answering the question kind of looking confused that she didn't get it right because the answer should be right. Uh, and uh, and the host looking all serious in his coat and his uh, jacket and all that and it's like it's just filled me with so much joy, right? So it's not like this thing happening where it's like okay, there was a particular question on a game show and it became a meme, but but the way that it became a meme just felt like this supportive and positive and buoyant feeling, and and that's really what I want to bring to the podcast and discuss today is this response to this idea of like oh we need jungle i'm afraid and then the jungle kicks in right then there's the drop and of course if you never heard jungle music it's like very a very fast uh polyrhythmical uh it's from it's it's related to reggae reggae i mean i could go from the actual question which is it's it's from what like uh reggae sound system culture uh and the and the rave scene um but it's like you know relentless right and so it's like you know, oh, we need jungle. I'm afraid or like, it can be mellow. It can be fast. Well, it's always fast, but it can be, um, it's always fast after a fashion and that's sort of different ways that you can be counted. But anyway, that I was we're getting overwhelmed by my feelings about it. I, I just, I, I liked that this creative energy was out there. I liked that people sort of saw this and were excited by it, by what it said. I, maybe it was that I liked the idea that we need something. When was the last time you looked out on the Internet and you said, saw people saying, like, we need X? And X was something that could then be immediately provided. Right? Like, like uh, you know, what we really need? It's like jungle. Because <laughs> we have it right now if we want it. Right? Like, um, uh, no, like, we really need, you know, the world to be entirely just place. Right? We really need all the problems of the world to be fixed right now. Like we really need everybody who's seriously ill to get better, right? We need all these these things that are super hard and difficult to happen to happen right now. Um, we also need a, a sick drop, sick drop, right? And it's like, okay, what of those we can get? Um, it just it felt it felt attended to, right? It felt cared for. Um, it felt like a, a compassionate backbeat. Uh, was dropped on everybody and i don't know i don't know if you guys uh, i i sent you some of these videos some of these clips to look at i I post them to discord i don't know if you have any feelings about these clips about university challenge about jungle music or any of its sister genres uh yeah i'll start like you know the um just watching the clip
2: the original clip right of the just the sequence from the game show play out it's like um it's 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 interesting thing to watch. Um, it's not something that I would have guessed would have sparked you know a, a, a whole phenomenon on the internet. But then when you start to watch the repeated uh, remixes of a, you know, of of the jungle music itself, like you immediately get it, right? And and it, it does provide like a, a great amount of pleasure when watching it. And then uh, you know it kind of compounds as as you watch more of them. Um, before we start to dissect um, you know this clip and the phenomenon in, in more detail um i I just like i love this notion of like us being able the challenge here is like being able to talk about it and describe it and put it into words when like you know the obvious most efficient way to do this is just tell everybody um you know before (laughs) we get into this like you know go listen to the things and like you know you can do that it'll be in the show notes right um but uh well that's part of the fun of it here Right. Is that, you know, we've had the chance to, like, describe it in our own words um, that, you know, it took a solid 10 minutes or so <laughs> to describe the phenomenon. And, um, you know, you can kind of get the gist of it um, over the course of what I think one minute about is about a, a yeah. That's really all, all, all it takes. Um, but uh, I mean, if uh, if you've been listening to the overthinking podcast for this long, which most of you are, uh, you're 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 along for that ride and you'll appreciate kind of the fun uh, exercise that we have just done. Here. I love like this, the like the one of the fundamental things that we do here is like um take on the effectively impossible thing of describing um things that are difficult to describe
1: and doing it anyway. Yeah. So we did it. W- I will say before we started, Matt did ask me if I could describe it in 90 seconds and I lied and said that I could. Uh, <laughs> so I apologize for my falsehood, Matt. We need, and I, we need I'm,
0: brevity, I'm afraid.
1: Oh, brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's brutal. That's totally
2: brutal. Um, so can I start to just like offer up a very obvious observation here? Yeah, for sure. Which is like what, what makes this uh, what makes this compelling is the stark contrast right between um, the format of the game show, the contestants, and then the topic, right? Which is electronic dance music, what, from the eighties, nineties. And the
1: fact uh, that it's early, called early nineties, yeah. Right? Well, that is nineties, so, this is from the nineties, yeah.
2: yeah. So, so again, like we're going to use words to describe things, which you could probably very quickly key in on, you know, watching the video. But again, that's what we're here for, right? Um, there's what two, two or three male team members. Um, uh, that, again, these are all college students, right? Um, and they're dressed exactly as you would expect male college students on a quiz show to be dressed, right? And then there's one female contestant, um, who uh seems to be wearing like a. a Uh, a a black uh, dress for going out, for lack of a better word, right? And she is the one who answers this question, right? And everything here is very deadpan here, right? You know, this is not like uh, who wants to be an American, who wants to be a millionaire, where everything is kind of amped up and people are, you know, intentionally being dramatic and kind of hamming things up. Um, You know, she's just drum and bass. And then the host, just deadpan, deadpan, just rolls with, I'm sorry, we can't accept that, we need jungle, I'm afraid. Um, it's all just like extremely studious and businesslike, except again for the outfit of the female contestant um, and the topic at hand, which is this like you know again electronic dance music from what I think was like kind of a gritty underground subculture, right? Like, mm. uh, Pete, like correct me if I'm wrong, right? This is absolutely part of like why there is some stickiness to this, right?
1: Yeah, the contrast is is such a well. It is interesting. I think that. Um It's it's the contrast is so interesting. And also the contrast is already present in electronic dance music. uh, So so. okay. so one of the one of the eras that came and went right, uh, which I feel like we didn't really appreciate enough while it was here, was that time where everything was dubstep for example, right? Where, like, Taylor Swift was coming out with songs that were sort of dubstep songs. Well, was, like they'd have dubstep drops in them. It's like everything had dubstep in it. And uh, this is not the same. I'm, dub- I'm not saying dubstep is the same as any of this stuff. It's re- related, but not the same, not the same era. The point being that, like, we had a lot of the drop happening in things, right? We had a lot of of uh, the the sort of intense juxtaposition of quiet and and not just loud, but noise, right? There was a lot of, like... Uh, And also sort of noise and elegance. Um, And I would say that in this particular tradition of dance music, there is a lot of interplay between noise and elegance uh, when you sort of pause to do something and then you jump into it again. Uh, And I think that um, I mean, part of this has to do with what you choose to sample and use when you're making this kind of music in general. Right. Because you have the opportunity and and this kind of music, I would even extend this into into hip hop generally. Just just any sort of remixing culture gives you the opportunity for very drastic tonal juxtaposition that might be harder to do with performance because presumably it would be hard to get people who are good at very, very different things to collaborate on this kind of project just for the purpose of shocking everybody by having it change. I mean, what I'm saying is that, like, Axl Rose could do it by hiring an entire orchestra to do November Rain, right? They actually have to, like, sit there while he's doing it and stuff. But uh, uh, the Smashing Pumpkins could do it by having a, a, a cellist on retainer, right? But – um but but in dance music and in remixing and in that kind of stuff and in this sort of electronic compositing of music, the capability to juxtapose things that are subdued with things that are you know, blown out and their level of, of arousal and agitation. And then also things that are noisy versus things that are elegant. Like there's just a lot more capability and possibility to do that sort of thing. Uh, and also, if you're thinking about this sort of dance music as as having a really sort of athletic sort of participation you know this is strenuous dance music you say that it's a gritty culture i I would say that it is like that the that you dance pretty pretty freaking hard to this kind of music and you need breaks right like and you don't necessarily get them these this is like uh I think European style dance music, in particular, is known for much longer mixes with few, with sort of deeper beats. You know, they go on for longer periods of time than like American uh, than American DJs would generally be spinning contemporaneously at the same time, right? But that still, you know, all of these songs have to have breaks and modulations and kind of tempo and pacing. And so, the the university challenge providing the break. Right. Because, of course, the drop is is paradoxical or like the name of the drop has been moved. Right. Because the drop w- would refer to when all these elements would kind of drop out, but is often now used to refer to when they drop back in. Um, but, yeah, like the spare, the spare, the stripped down, the quiet, the elegant, the reserved, the, the you know, the relax before you jump back into the drums, uh that's just that just is something that seems to be a natural place for something like University Challenge to be. Um mm. it's you know, which is I guess why it's like so many different narrators of sci-fi robots uh, which, uh would uh have have their roles in uh in in jungle and trance songs uh talking their robot talk. So uh, but let, me, yeah, I, let, yeah. let me tell you something something P here
2: and, and uh it, it goes to what I was you know what we were talking about before about this being a, a gritty scene and how you describe this is very energetic music and it also goes to um you know the key word in this whole you know the sequence of words uh, uh of ideas here right we need jungle i'm afraid um like jungle itself right you know is evocative if for someone who like myself was, was really not, doesn't have that lot of familiarity with um electronic dance music right like i could not really give you a working definition of jungle at all um until i, I joined this podcast um but you have, um, you know, a general sense of what the jungle is. Um, you know, when, when I think of jungle and music, I think of Guns N' Roses, the aforementioned Guns N' Roses, and Welcome to the Jungle. This is them without the string. Well, I was about to
0: say, Mark, if this is your first, if this is your first time looking into jungle music, I was, I was going to say, Mark, welcome to the jungle. Oh, you know? why? Thank you. Um,
2: um, but I, would it be so important? Right? I, I, I would be. Um, immediately thrust into a what athletic and strenuous dance situation right i would be moving my body very fiercely um this ain't no disco um in which like it's kind of more controlled and and uh, um and i guess what slower pace right like pete tell me like i guess what i'm getting at here is like what is the relationship between um you know a general sense of a jungle as a dangerous and raw place and the type of dancing and clubs that you would associate with jungle music
1: Oh, like, why is it called Jungle?
2: Yeah, and is it oh, actually named?
1: Oh, I mean, I don't know if there's a satisfactory answer to this. Um, I think, I mean, it has to do with it. It definitely has to do with it being black. Like, that. and that's that's the why you don't necessarily need to go into it. But it's like, you know, this is a music of, you know, Jamaican, uh, I guess what, Jamaican expats in the UK um, are, are bringing a lot of this in. Um but but
0: so like, uh, well, the, I mean, it's, you know, the, the origin uh, of the word is under discussion. It's, you know, I, I think I believe it is rebel MC who is often noted for having popularized the term. <laughs> well, th- thank you, uh,
1: Wikipedia GPT. For but two in, in Simon
0: Reynolds book, Energy Flash, MC Navigator uh, is quoted as attributing the word to rebel MC. Others, such as MC5O, uh, attributed to MC Moose. Uh, whilst whilst that's, that's your giveaway. Uh, yeah. Rob Playford of moving shadow attributes it to MC mad P of, as you know, of top buzz, uh, some MC of mad
2: the- P should be Fenzel. Pete Fenzel's a nom to, uh, EDM. MC, yeah, that would be
0: great. MC mad P. Yeah. That's <laughs> if you're ever on a morning zoo, if you're ever on a morning zoo talk show, you know, and you could yeah. be, you could be MC mad P. Um, But uh, here, you know, Wikipedia, which I have just um, narrated from, uh, says uh, some thought of this term, the term jungle as empowering an assertion of the blackness of the music and its subculture, inverting the racist history of the term jungle music. So it's a kind of like reclaiming. It's like a we're taking it it back kind of situation. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: interesting. It it brings to mind as another brief digression. I don't know if you guys ever participate in alternate history "what if" discussions online, which is always kind of fun. I always find kind of fun. Um, but one of the rules I've come across that's interesting is um, why. Whenever people say, "Why didn't people do this other thing other than the thing that they did?" Right. So, like, it's one thing to be like, "Oh, well, what would happen?" You know, at the Treaty of Paris, if, if these three people weren't there. Like how would the world be different? It's, oh, that's interesting. Let's think about it this, as an as a way of of uh, occupying our minds with with felicity. Um, but if it said like, well, why didn't people in real life do this other thing that they could have done? And and I think there was a rule in a particular board that I went to that's like it's a bad question because because people could always have done different things than the things that they did, right? And and people you know people do things you know, for a host of reasons and for chance, right? So you can never really know if, if, you, if you're thinking about the sort of infinite set of things that people didn't do, you know, even if you come up for a, with a plausible reason why they might've done it, they still didn't do it. And, and you don't really need to like sort of prove that that didn't exist. And I feel like the name jungle kind of feels like that, where it's like, well, they didn't name it anything else, which is part of why they named it <laughs> jungle, jungle. <laughs> right? It's like whoever coined this and got it to stick, named it Jungle, which is which is part of why you can think of, there's a lot, there's a few things like this, there's a bunch of things like this in, the, in various forms of arts, right, where like, somebody just comes up with a name for it, and that's the one that everyone agrees to use, and then later on, everybody complains that it's not a good name, but it's too late, because it's the name everybody uses. Uh, I'm particularly thinking of the Herald in improv, uh, which I've spent way too much of my life in conversations about what a bad name it is, but you know what? Someone coined it, other people's repeat it it stuck around you know that's the name that you have now and you didn't name it something else at the time so um so yeah so you, it's you don't
0: you don't think the slippage between h-a-r-o-l-d and h-e-r-a-l-d uh is you know instructive and and suggestive
1: i just think that when bluetooth came out they just should have they missed a branding opportunity by not going H-A-R-A-L-D. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it is instructive. But it's also – Jungle is also a much better name than Harold because sure. it gets across a vibe, you know? Like it's – you you get the sense. You go every, into the room Every child named,
0: named Harold wishes he were named Jungle. I mean that's – you know, that's just facts. Yeah.
1: But everybody who listens to rave, backbeat, you know, uh, reggae sound system culture music wants to have a purple crayon. So it's – uh it, it's it's it it's all, it all it, it's all full circle it's all full circle oh, but yeah it's, like it's, it's an apt name it's an apt name even if it's not a like uh, ex, you know exhaustively taxonomical one um i, I would say uh, again and i'm not a super duper expert so like i don't particularly know uh, when i was when and so i said his music in the 90s I encountered it in the early 2000s uh, it's still around now people still do this stuff you know, it's under the the umbrella of drum and bass, even though we can't accept drum and bass, we need jungle, I'm afraid. Um, but I also I also associate it with stuff like trance music, which is of course different, but uh but is sort of a similar hard driving electronic dance music um of that nature and of that sort.
0: Yeah, I can't uh, I, I honestly cannot distinguish. Never I'm a I have, like, a reasonably sophisticated ear, I like to think. Like, I'm a pretty good musician. And I swear to, like, I, I, you know, on God, as the kids say, I cannot distinguish between genres of electronic dance music. But, you know, if you you ever listen to the TFT podcast, you know that I was always the sort of the anti-dance music uh anti dance music person um okay. on on that particular particular podcast i was you know so i i i do not need jungle i'm afraid and that's uh you know that's 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 just me like to me it was never it, you you needed to be doing something else like dancing you know in order to enjoy yes. it, you know and like and it never had enough um it never had enough uh uh like f- features of interest you know what i mean it never had something to like to follow uh in in order for me to to pay attention to it like i i i talked with jordan once which stokes about um he he was talking about like listening to like hours and hours of what he termed immaculately sculpted french techno uh electronic music and um sort of sculpted seems to seems to really get into it right like the the way the sound changes over time you need a, like a, a a great deal of of attention um in order to kind of build up the protagonist over a period of observation right rather th- rather than uh, having something like you know lyrics or a melody or something like that which would be Um, which would give enough variety, like on a moment to moment basis in order to, uh, in order to capture my attention. I mean, I think it does. A lot of electronic music has a kind of, um, hidden academic origin, right? Like there was Mm -hmm. a, there was a lot of, uh, experimentation in, in the Academy with like, um, tape loop music and, and, Mm -hmm music concrete i believe was the you know french for concrete like it was it in the same way that like concrete poetry uh was a thing um for a while and the idea that like sort of objects could assume like like physical objects in the world could could assume the form of of poems uh etc etc that that like this would be you know that, that 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 this is the kind of the the lineage of of this stuff and then there's a, a sort of parallel lineage of the you know of the the underground and the grimy and the the dance hall and the the you know warehouse rave and etc cetera, etc cetera. this this uh sort of thing like far from the the hallowed halls of academia and that's that's i don't know it's an it's an interesting it's an interesting ambiguity and i i i think you know d- well, I I have a larger point to make, but I, I don't know. I'll pause there. In case I, wanted, want I wanted to, to
1: jump here. on one thing that you said, which struck me, which is the idea that this is dance music of this sort needs to be danced to mm. in order to be fully realized as an artistic experience is, I think, a fair perspective to have on it and one that I would share. Right. That uh, even if it's not even if you're not dancing, but like there is. Um, a participation in music like this uh, that is, that is not the same as it might be in other sorts of music. Um, And what I would suggest is that in order to be able to make the distinction that we need jungle, I'm afraid, right. In order to be able to say, no, 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 we can't accept drum and bass. We need jungle. I'm afraid you're not actually making distinctions between the qualities of the music that's being played, you're making distinctions between the experiences that you have Mm. in relating to those musics. Right. So like if you're thinking like, so, so part of, part of why it's like, we need jungle. I'm afraid it's like, yeah, because there's, you know, obviously there's so much overlap between jungle and drum and bass that they're essentially the same thing now. Right. Like like more or less. Right. In, in certain circles, in many circles, uh, you would not necessarily draw a distinction between the two other than like jungle being kind of more specific subset of it, uh, which is not, of course, how it originally worked out. But the point being that, like, if you did listen to a bunch of jungle music very specifically, you would probably have very specific memories and feelings associated with those times. Right. Like we had great times listening to that jungle or music. not
0: or not have memories, which is itself a kind yeah. of memory
1: <laughs> that's true, because a lot of this is an altered state of consciousness. Right. Or, you know, and you have other memories for when you're, you know, uh, when you're dealing with drum and bass, it might even be this situation where drum and bass is the less specific, you know, broader category. And you have a sort of like larger catalog of memories. Right. And, and it, so it sort of could be like, no, no, no. We don't need whiskey, we need smoky rye whiskey, right like or is it more like you know we don't need we don't need whiskey, we need wild turkey, right like uh, like in the sense of like one of those is kind of qualitatively describing a subset of the thing that I've described, and the other one would only mean something to you in a positive way if it's associated with a memory or previous experience that has caused you to sort of interpret it or, or, or live in it. And so I think it's like, um, and then it's saying we, it's sort of mutually acknowledging that we all have this history of having enjoyed jungle uh, that, and, and also this coming up now in the middle of university challenge is sort of like we all walk among you, right? We all like live our regular lives you know, we all kind of coexist and, and are around in society. You know, just doing, just being like regular folks and doing our stuff. But we all have these experiences of having rocked out to jungle music, <laughs> and uh, and I think we need to do it right now. And sort of looking around at a bunch of strangers, it's it's like an Independence Day moment when you like realize that you have a sort of shared purpose in fighting the aliens. Right? It's like, oh wow, yeah, we do actually have have this thing in common. Um, I, I think I think that there's something about the appeal to a shared memory that is uh, that has some authenticity to it or at least some resonance, uh, which is accidental, of course, uh, just because of because when he says we need jungle, it, it of course, means in order to give you the points due to the specificity rules of College Bowl, which are very strict um, and uh, and in this case might have been overstated or might not. I don't know. I never read about whether they Aberdeen protested the question or not. I mean, if they did, I would hope that. They just would rewind the entire vinyl and then just restarted again from the beginning. But um, it's it's been a long time since I've heard a full rewind that that's always super epic, uh, uh, always super epic.
0: Yeah, so, but I, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think you're, you're getting into kind of the direction that I wanted to go with it, Pete, which yeah. was that, that, um, William Empson's first type of ambiguity, <laughs> <laughs> right? is the most basic type where there are kind of like different senses to something where something kind of points in, in, two directions. And I, I would say that like one of the things that, that makes the, the sentence, we need jungle, I'm afraid, delightful, um, and kind of inexhaustible to contemplation is that, each word, like each, each sort of part of the sentence, uh, is capable of being read in multiple ways, uh, at least two, uh, each one. Like we need jungle, I'm afraid. Okay. Well, first, who's we? <laughs> right. Like, uh, who's we game show host, man? The, um, the, the we is the what the, the judging. Uh, panel, the, like, the, whoever does the, the research or whoever, like, validates the answers. But, but we is also all of us, <laughs> right? Like, we, we is humanity. <laughs> we, we are humanity and we is humanity. We is and are humanity. Um, that the, uh, you know, that the, the subject of the sentence is, okay, need. <laughs> <laughs> before we go on to
2: that, just like based on like what I know what I've, how you've described university challenge, right like, you know, we' it's, it's it almost feels like it's beyond just the authorities the, like the local um you know you know, adjudicators of right and wrong on the game show. It almost feels like um some broader, Academic authority. It's right. almost like they reign supreme over Oxford and Cambridge and uh, Aberdeen, whoever the heck else we know, was <laughs> yes. on this game. So, like, this is like a really big deal. Like, this how, this has been adjudicated by
0: the Modern Language Association, and will be will be you know talked about in the, their next guidebook, the MLA guidelines. <laughs> Wait, will have. Can, I, can I just point out the University of Aberdeen has been around since
1: 1495. <laughs> so, this suggestion, whoever. <laughs> Else they let on this game show, like the University <laughs> of Aberdeen, Universitas Aberdonensis, right? Like, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom is their English motto. <laughs> yeah, there goes the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just I, I I talked just, about them as if they let,
2: like, the University of Phoenix online.
1: I mean, Aberdeen <laughs> is way the frick out there. You know, it's, it's not close, but yeah, no, it's, uh, I just want to step up a little bit it for Aberdeen there as like also an old stuffy university. I don't know how stuffy it is, but it sure is old. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it is, it's an interesting thing, actually, the, the idea, well, the idea that like universities belonged in really remote locations because sort of removing yourself from the, the hustle and bustle of like urban life or of everyday life and kind of going, going somewhere where you could devote yourself to contemplation is, you know, the, the academic ideal. It has something to do with the idea that, that, you know, universities started as monasteries, uh, or at least are related, the, the development of the two kinds of institutions are related, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So Aberdeen, you know, who, whoever, uh, and whoever else they, they let in. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, you know, the academic community needs jungle. (laughs) I'm, I'm afraid. Right. I think need, is a really important <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is a really important word to analyze uh for for ambiguity in that sentence that that like we need like in order it has it has both a a kind of like an instrumental and an intrinsic uh aspect right instrumentally you have to say this word in order to get the points Right. In order to be judged as like good, um, you know, the the kind of the task performance, the sort of specific performance that's required is that you say this, you say this word. But need also, I think, goes to an almost cosmic level of of, uh, you know, of uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Right. Like and and this one is at self-actualization. This is not down with food and, and shelter. This is this is up like, you know, we need we need jungle now jungle is like it it is three things at least one is the word jungle we need you to just sort of say the the you know the sound the the phonological event uh the phonetic event even jungle uh jungle music you know that is to say we need you to refer to jungle music we need jungle music like we all need to listen to jungle music right now or like um you know, uh, or a certain number of times a day. Have you gotten your vitamin J? Today? <laughs> <laughs> that that's You know, that like it's an essential nutrient for all of us. And then, and then sort of, I think there is like the word jungle. It, you know, even it, even divorced from its, from its racist or its subversion of racist, uh, origins. Um, the idea of the jungle, like we live in the city, but we need jungle. I'm afraid, right? It sounds like something they would put in like a paleo diet book, you know, the, the, the Lauren Cordain, like we need jungle. I'm afraid ancestral nutrition and the, you know, the, the role of cereal grains in the foundation of society. We'd need, uh, we need we need jungle um and it's it it we need jungle in that sense that is to say we need a a lapse or a a a suspension of civilization um is sort of the opposite of what you would expect on a game show called, called University Challenge. And this goes back to right. what, what Pete was saying that like one thing I, I once read an acting book about comedy and it, it's so hard to talk about what's funny and how, how to kind of make things funnier. But one big, ad, great bit of advice I got from that was that if you're ever in a situation and it's kind of like, w- w- this needs to be funnier. We need to just like operate the technical level levers that will make this funnier. The book said you, you should increase contrast, increase contrast to increase comedy and this is like this is at a very high level of this is at a very high level of contrast university challenge the the kind of warehouse raves or or kind of underground uh clubs where where jungle music was born in in you know uh dance halls in the 90s like the, uh, there's there's a great deal of there's a great deal of of contrast here and that's that's one of the things uh that's funny to say we need jungle is like an aspect of that um Uh, is an aspect of of that, and 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 then, I'm afraid, right. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid beyond just British, uh, politeness, you know, and, and the way that like the way that the kind of the, the, the British horror, uh, the English horror, especially of, of giving offense, you know, um, because you say, I'm afraid in a situation where you're going to be contradictory or you're going to b- be disappointing or, uh, or you're going to, um, you know uh uh do something contrary to expectations right in a way that that will raise someone's dander and so you say you say i'm afraid because what what you're afraid of is offending right like what you're afraid of is disappointing what you're afraid of is is you know upsetting the the social order um just as a as a um you know a brief digression uh we in in our house here in los angeles we have recently watched all of downton abbey and the two movies uh from from the beginning um i had seen them before my wife had not and so we we like actually got like we were doing like two two and a half downton abbeys a night at our uh at our peak and we really just kind of like mainlined that that you know sort of britishness the um the smoothness and the, uh, you know, um, the kind of polite de- performance of, of, of courtly, um, well, courtesy, same word, I guess, the, the performance of, of courtesy. Uh, and when, when, uh, when Lady Mary breaks up with Jorah Mormont, um, he, he says to, uh, to, Hugh Bonneville, the, the, you know, Downton Abbey character, Mr. Downton, um, Lord Downton, uh, he says, Lord Downton, you are so smooth. Uh, and this is like, this is his, his, uh, such an insult. This is the insult of the modern world to the, to the aristocracy. You are so smooth. Because after he's had this like breakdown yelling at, at Mary, Lord Downton says, can I call you a car? You know, a, it might be time for you to go. I'm afraid. I, I, yeah, I'm afraid it's time for you to leave. You know, that, that, um. so that this, this, but then, but then, like, what if you took it literally? Mark, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll throw to you just a second. I just I'm, I'm cashing out all of my all of my ambiguities on this on this entire sentence, right? Like, what if you took it literally? We need jungle. I'm afraid we need the suspension of civilization. I'm afraid because of of the like the horrible Lord of the Flies, uh, you know, rupture and breakdown in society that it will lead to. You know, we need jungle. We need we need jungle. I'm afraid because I'm not. I'm not, I'm not sure that it's actually good for us uh you know in in um in academic sense but we need it we need jungle uh I'm afraid what if it's two sentences we need jungle I'm afraid and that's <laughs> uh you know those are two related but distinct distinct thoughts it's just like you can just go with this you can go with this single utterance um it's one of the reasons why I was an English major because you you will find like there are certain certain uh, utterances there are certain things that are written that are that are just inexhaustible to meditation and and uh, with uh, We Need Jungle I'm afraid joins I think to be or not to be you know uh, joins um, I don't know what what some other some other ones Pete well, let, let me
2: uh, let me come in with uh, another famous usage of the. Uh... Of that particular type of I'm afraid, right? Which is, of course, I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Ooh. Remember this, right? Of course, 2001, right? The homicidal uh, homicidal runaway um, artificial intelligence, um, the HAL 9000. Um, 2001, I I had written by Arthur C. Clark, right? Um, The novelist, and then adapted to film by Stanley Kubrick, both of whom were Brits. Or was Arthur C. Clark American? Somebody fill me in here. Um, In any event, right, you know, you know, stanley krubick you know the brit uh brought that to 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 stage to, to, to the screen and i uh, know of course like in this context here right the computer is being polite right and from the etymology of um of i'm afraid being the sort of you know polite way to express regret and things like that is you know just, it is slightly it's it's fear coming from discomfort i think is is the idea of it right um and you know the irony of course is that it, the, the computer doesn't feel that the computer um is just making other people uncomfortable um yeah. so uh i mean that, that uh yeah that like the it, it is a funny turn of phrase absolutely i'm afraid someone. can i share right? my, can I share yeah, my favorite ahead.
1: one because my favorite one is also from a movie it's uh I'm afraid the deflector shield will be quite operational uh, yes. when your friends arrive. Good. <laughs> like, as in like, Oh, I don't want to, inconven- I don't want to be discourteous by totally, you know, by totally killing everyone that you care about, love and care about. Right. Like, Oh, wa- Oh, more. Oops. Right. Like, uh, I'm afraid that's just, what's going to happen. Uh, it's, um,
2: which is all the it- more ironic because right. Yeah. You, you know, uh, Yoda, in the previous movie, spends a lot of time talking talking specifically about fear in the much yeah. more literal sense.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, Yoda, Yoda would have a field day with the British saying they're afraid all the time. Because fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hatred. Hatred leads to pod racing. I'm not sure how that works. Uh, one of those, I don't know what the order of it is that Yoda talks about specifically. And eventually it leads to dropping the base. There it is. Yes, exactly. Indeed. Indeed. Um, Should we say it more often? Should we say I'm afraid more often? Uh, like as non-Brits or is it just, it's too precious?
0: Well, no, cause we're not, I feel like as Americans, we're not afraid. That's, that's kind of what, disti- that's what distinguishes ah, us as a a, yeah. a a national identity. So it would be disingenuous, you know, it would be, di- right. I, though we also are disingenuous. That's also our, our national <laughs> I- identity. So I guess if you did it, you would be, you know, trying to like, uh, trying to get one over, get one over on the rubes. Um. I just uh, I I I just want to point out one little bit of trivia in in 2001 Space Odyssey um uh, Arthur C Clarke uh English uh Kubrick was an American uh, born in New York but the the um the uh Howell goes goes out singing Daisy Daisy give me your answer do and that is a reference to a famous bit of academic uh academic electronic music that was an experiment with the synthesis of voice and of piano. Uh, that I, I forget all the details of, but well, like an an early example of sort of synthesized, completely synthesized, computer generated. Oh, yeah, that's right. Computer generated. Oh, that's music. so good. And that's why that's why uh, How 9000 sings that at that particular moment as a as a kind of like a nod to this the 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 history of of uh, electronic music. So you know, uh, you were you were right in in more ways than one, Mark. That that this but is wh-
2: uh, horribly wrong. About- About the nationalities of (laughs) R.C. Clark and Stanley Cooper, though. Thank you no, for correcting me.
0: Arthur uh, Arthur C Clarke was uh was British or it was English, you know.
2: You no, know, I, I could have sworn that Stanley Kubrick was British though, right? Like it's something about It's just because I he like, had
0: a really refined he had a really refined sensibility. He seemed very fussy and and fastidious about that, the images that's exactly that, he, it. Yeah. that he committed to the screen. So, you know, you think you 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 can see him there as the the butler in Downton Abbey with the yardstick, right? Like placing the uh placing the the you know, uh, f- solid fork you know three inches from the the edge of the plate or or exactly. whatever you know
1: am i the only person who never can keep straight arthur c Clarke and orson scott card just because of the cadences of their names not even the sounds being all that similar
0: um yeah i i mean i can't i i sometimes uh, get schubert and schumann <laughs> confused yep that, yep yep know?
1: there you'll do that'll do it that'll do it uh, both yeah, both <laughs> composers famous for
2: um for their uses of electronic music and dropping the bass. Yes. Yeah. Um hey, Pete, can I ask you a question? Um always. Like what was your experience uh, of learning about this meme and then kind of like going down this rabbit hole? Where do you get your memes from these days, Pete? We well, talked like earlier uh, several times on this podcast about the, the kind of this disintegration of the social media landscape that mm. we uh, came of age with and you know that that overthinking I came of age with. Um so now I'm not really sure where to get my memes from.
1: I where, where probably you get your I probably found this on Instagram Reels. That's not what I was expecting. But and go uh, on. I I well go I on. probably get a fair amount of British game show stuff on Instagram Reels at this point. So I wasn't that. So it's one of those things where I would not that surprised to see something from University Challenge on there. Uh, but since I've looked at a bunch of them on YouTube, I now get a bunch more YouTube recommendations about dance music. Um I definitely look at or no maybe it was YouTube shorts cuz I watch a lot of I uni- I I haven't watched it recently but University Challenge was one of my go-to uh newborn baby shows because it's a, a show you could put on that like the baby will not glean anything from it at all right like it is the baby's not watching it baby doesn't care right uh when they're really in like nugget and potato phase so like if you're up and you're you know feeding a baby or you're rocking a newborn baby and you're like, you know, it's the middle of the night or something or, or anytime or it's in the middle of the day and you're really tired um, and you've just been doing it for days and days. Uh, University Challenge was a big was a big show for me for for doing that. That was probably prime, prime University Challenge watching stuff. So YouTube knows that I have it in me to watch like a dozen episodes of University Challenge in a week, you yeah, know, like yeah, if yeah. I want to. And so I think it was probably not Instagram Reels, but probably YouTube Shorts. Um, because my, my YouTube, I watch a lot of only Connect, you know, and you watched on YouTube. We watched, uh, and attend cast countdown on YouTube. I watch what I Lie to you, uh, which is another fun show. Do you ever, do you ever watch what I Lie to you, Matt? No, that's not one I'm familiar with. That's a fun one. That's so a lot of these shows, it's another pan. It's like a panel show that's framed as a game show. It's hosted by, um, the, the trip Tiddly dude. Um, not, not, uh, Steve Coogan. But the other, Rob, other guy, Rob yeah. Bryden. Yeah, Rob Bryden hosts it, and the main dudes are David Mitchell, the husband of uh, um, Olivia Corn, Victoria Corn Mitchell, uh, who is the host of Only Connect, uh, and, and also Mitchell of Mitch, he of Mitchell and Webb fame, and then also Lee Mack, who is a uh, stalwart of a lot of these shows, and it's basically like a a, a game show where. The content, they each, it's two teams of three and they take turns telling stories about their lives. Like before the game, they all like write down on a bunch of cards, you know, a bunch of things that have happened to them in their lives. And with the idea that they'll tell the funny story, but then some of the cards that are in the mix are not things that have ever happened. And so the person will pick up a card and maybe it's something that happened to you in your life, or maybe it's something that didn't happen at all. And you have to lie to the other team about this thing having happened to you and they have to guess whether you're lying or not right like uh um whether you're telling a real story from your real life or something you just made up and then they also bring someone on who's like their friend you know and it's like oh yeah any everybody in the in the team has a reason they know this person it's like oh yeah that's that's my gardener oh yeah that's the person who saved me when i was throwing up uh, behind the Loch Ness Monster and Push Gardens Williamsburg, you know, like, oh, yeah, you know, that's actually <laughs> um, my 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 wife's bodyguard from her bachelorette party when she had to go to that weird compound. Right. Like like it, it's, you know, oh, like two of them are lying and one of them is telling the truth. It's a great show. Uh, what I liked to you is a great show. Very funny. Uh, it's one of those concepts that, like, you really have to pull it off with both a very high level of execution and a high level of comfort in order for it to be funny. Like you really have to get across to the audience that you are very okay with failure, right? Like, uh, because it's such a messy show. Um, and there's just so many moments of failure that are just reveled in, um, that, uh, that I think I would recommend watching what I like to you. But the point is that YouTube knows that I watch a lot of British panel shows and game shows, and I'm sure that they showed this to me in a YouTube short, um, and then I went down the rabbit hole and watched like, you know, 20 of them. I watched. Yeah. Uh, I'm obliged so- to point out,
2: if, if I can just get very briefly, that um, you met the two sources you mentioned, Instagram Reels and YouTube Shorts, are effectively TikTok for us people, for the, those of us who are too old to figure out how to use TikTok or too afraid to. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Thank you. you know, in the, yeah. the, uh, the big internet companies realized that there was a, um, a
1: niche to fill yep. um, and they did it. It's like tandy or something. What would be the analogy? Like the just, the attempted at, yeah
0: I, I like I'm I you know I, as we all know about TikTok about um, YouTube right like you watch two or three videos and pretty soon you're on like phrenology and like uh, radicalizing things and I just right. I, maybe I, I you wa-
1: watch two videos it's because you're watching videos about massaging your scalp man and
0: that's
1: why it keeps, <laughs> like how couch- do I care for my scalp better and they're like phrenology it's like no 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 my scalp not other do, people's scalps
0: I do have a, a problem where like I watched a couple of like powerlifting things and now it's yeah. like, here's why Joe Rogan is right about everything, you know, and it's just, uh, oh, it's really uh, unfortunate. It's, uh, it, yeah, it, it is. It is. <laughs> it is extremely unfortunate um not a neither ironic nor strangely apropos it is unfortunate um that uh you know but I was I was just trying to think like what is the thing what is the thing that like you are getting radicalized at as a you know as a a, a watcher of British British television and I can only think it's like it's like tea drinking or like eating some food some like you know some British food that we don't uh that we don't eat here if it were australian it would be like marmite right like but uh i'm not i'm not totally sure what it is what do the what do well, the the british eat that uh that we don't you know
1: it's, it's, i actually think that the answer to this is tom scott
0: <laughs> you're, the, you're that's, the, wait, is, that's the is that
2: a is that a food or a, or a person
1: it's actually, it's a canned food no, that you eat.
2: Spot, you get. No, a,
0: first, spotted first. dick is a, is a food. Uh, Tom Scott is a, is a YouTube host.
1: Yes, and Tom Scott appeared in an episode of Only Connect. And so I feel like Tom Scott, I feel like, I feel like having watched a lot of this stuff, the, the reason YouTube tries, the, the rabbit hole YouTube tries to sh- get me down is show me other things that the same people did. And so it'll show me Taskmaster, right? Because Taskmaster has a bunch of the same actors in it, right? Like, um, but one of the rabbit holes it'll send you down is it'll show you Tom Scott Because Tom Scott appears in an episode of, in more than one episode of Only Connect, I believe, Uh, and I think that's where a lot of people discover Only Connect is that he's the thumbnail for one of the videos online, him being very young, and he's a pretty famous YouTuber with like six six and a half million subscribers. Right. Yeah. He
2: was in the news for like throttling back in a pretty big way, uh, pretty recently, announcing that. Yeah,
1: yeah. He's announced his retirement, basically, like his sort of like end of this chapter. Um, But you know, it's like it's like science YouTube. Uh, is is what it's a gateway into. It's like very, and of course Thomas oh, Scott is got gateway And then that
0: adds, then that adds the sort of extremist version of that is Neil deGrasse Tyson, right? So you maybe you haven't <laughs> slipped <laughs> into that. Neil deGrasse Tyson is where you end up on Instagram reels. There are so
1: much fricking Neil deGrasse Tyson on Instagram. It's unconscionable, uh, and and I find it very difficult to watch. I guess he uh-huh. speaks.
0: He does speak to a certain demographic. I guess like uh, old people, old people like us.
1: Yeah, I suppose, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, no, it's, it's I mean, these things could go. One of the other one of the ways it ends up ends up eventually going is like uh people who are trying to sell you electrification equipment, which isn't really the worst, but um but yeah, like solar panels, I guess. Um but uh Yeah, but no, yeah. I'm
0: I'm just in I'm I'm like knee deep in like twenty videos about how to make my own electrolyte powder because the man is putting bad chemicals into your electrolytes. Don't drink what you buy at Costco. No, see- if you're not following this road to the, like, two-hour article
1: about why your toaster is plugged in to the wrong outlet in your house, then you're not, like – you're not living in YouTube. <laughs> you should really be – you should at some point be, like – reconstructing electrical field equations in like long division on your free time of oh, it what is that what is the one that, not, that one that because you yeah. need to
0: put it into the gfci outlet or something like you're not groundfall protected with the i thought that all in all modern kitchens and bathrooms those you you had to put those in it was code to to you know with yeah. the buttons the yeah. reset and the test buttons on the on the thing right
1: I, well, I mean, sure, it's code now, but you know how code works. Code gets revisited when buildings get renovated. If a building doesn't, renovate, code never gets revisited. Um, and I, but this was, um, th- who is that, that guy?
0: That guy is or, so great. Or does code get re- renovated when buildings get revisited, right? Yeah. That also, That also could happen. It's ambiguity all the way down. That is like one of my favorite
1: favorite YouTube channels, and I always feel bad that I don't remember what it's called. But the guy who just talks about like toasters and coffee makers
0: oh, technology connections
1: yeah, technology connections oh that's, yeah, that guy's the best guys yeah. All so
0: right.
1: so he's part of the Tom Scott YouTube recommendation universe. Is like when you're when you're if you're watching British game shows, you will eventually be watching Technology Connection talk about like the origin of the Mister Coffee coffee maker. Um, which is, I think, a great use of your time and a uh, proof that you've made correct choices through the entirety of your life.
0: Pretty, um, pretty, uh, yeah, pretty uh, fantastic. Mark, give us a, uh, Mark, give us a YouTube channel recommendation before we go.
2: I don't think it's in part of this uh, particular cinematic universe, but I will. I'm obliged. I'm mean, like, I'm morally obliged to recommend Bill McClintock. Um, he of McClintock mashups. Um, oh. The, 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 I, I know I've shared this on the on the discord and the uh, overthinking it's uh, slack channel as well but this guy's sweet spot is taking soul and R&B and mashing it up against heavy metal and the results are just sublime um, you know we, we spent like uh, you know, a long time describing in words a video clip and and music genre without having those tools available i'm not going to try to do that at this point just i'll link it in the show notes and please join me in unlike uh in jamming out to mcclintock bash shops it's just it's just absolutely the best
0: and uh, i guess mine uh mine is it's um you know i i don't have cable so i don't know what's on cable but there is a really good news organization on youtube called cnn and uh i don't know I'm, kid- I'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> i'm, I'm do something let me do see something. what <laughs> exactly. Um I uh I like J. Kenji Lopez Alt. I think he he is a pretty good sort of YouTube native uh cooking channel. He straps a GoPro to his head on like a sweatband and uh then cooks things and narrates uh what what he's doing. And so it's uh I, you know, I like, uh, I like his, uh, cooking stuff a lot. So there, there you go. There are your, uh, YouTube, uh, recommendations so that you can, you know, surf the internet and have an experience like Pete had of, uh, finding something, finding something on, on the internet that gives you joy. Uh, that is a, um, so rare so precious yeah beautiful just a beautiful expression of the the wonderful strangeness of humanity and uh of you know living this life as opposed to something that gives you joy as opposed to to giving you high blood pressure hope we give you a little joy here thanks for listening to the overthinking podcast pete and mark thanks for podcasting with me we'll be with next time uh next week we'll be we'll be back until then you can visit us on the web at overthinking com, where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny
2: It It probably
0: probably doesn't
2: doesn't deserve. deserve. I'm afraid...